G'day trail runners. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience with Ashley Drew and Daniel Ferugia. Put your headphones on, put your shoes on, and let's go running. G'day trail runners. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. I am Daniel and I'm joined once again by my ever faithful co-host, Ashley Drew. How's it going, Ash? Excellent. Howdy, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, it, I, we didn't actually get to uh, speak last week because I was overseas and I had planned on contacting you, but I had it was just tricky with uh, the Wi-Fi and it was a bit of a, a bit more of a hassle than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah. In other words, you were having you were having a good time, which is what you're meant to be doing on holidays. Yeah, we were having a good time. I, I, I'll be honest with you. For the first week that we were there I didn't even know what day it was it was lovely um which is how you should be on holidays and yeah got to yeah it was really good <laughs> did some did some exploring around um just around the Queenstown area and um Lake Wanaka region and anyone who's been there it's just so pretty so pretty and um we just you know it was just my wife and I so we left the kids at home with the grandparents and so it was a bit like a second honeymoon. And so that was my first, um, so the race was sort of the, the way we finished the, the, uh, the trip off. And it was good. It got to taper for over a week of just doing nothing and relaxing, which was lovely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But, um, and now I'm and, back. And it'd be the sort of taper where you don't go crazy too, because you're actually filled it up with something completely different, not normal life. Yeah, and we did. We actually ended up doing a lot of activity. Like we were walking everywhere, and we we did a few. We did quite a few hikes. So I felt like we st- I stayed really active. I mainly I got a few of my runs in. It's very easy to go and find some steep hills around there, which is good. And then um, you just um, and then yeah. So like it was a really and the weather um was so much more mild than here, and it was so it was lovely to be able to just go out at any time of day. And go. Oh, I might just go for a little run around the lake there, and um, did that, and it was it was great. And so, come race day, I felt very rested. Getting get, had you know a whole week of really good nights sleeps, except for the fact that it took there's a bit of a jet lag because there's two and a half hours time difference between Adelaide and New Zealand, and so they were so it was later there. And not only that, but it gets late, it gets dark so late there in summer. And it was after 10 o'clock before it got dark. So, so late. And I just, that really threw my, threw me out a little bit, but it just meant I get to sleep in. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yes. It's, so, that's a bit, that's a bit like Tassie. Tassie's a bit like that. I mean, yeah. I think, uh, New Zealand, South Island's lower than Tasmania. Yeah, it is. Much um, lower. Yeah, and then yeah, the North Island's kind of similar. Yeah. Um, so latitude. Yep. Um, so yes, it it would be. I, I remember when I was down in Tassie doing work down there, and uh, yeah, you'd eleven o'clock at night, and you're like, oh, it's actually just starting to get dark now. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, I guess today in today's episode, I want to talk a bit about my uh my race experience at the ultra easy and so but i thought before we do how's your training going and all that uh, and, and i'm getting in the k's and it's 
Pershing um, is just so humid and warm and the humidity really knocks me around. This morning I, I went out at 4, like I actually started running at 4 a.m. And the original plan was to get in 20 k's, but at 15 k's I pulled the pin. I mean, it was yep. 28 degrees at 4 a.m. and it was 93% humidity. Yeah, so, right. And it just didn't get better from there. And I know I uh, I took the kids swimming this morning. And while we're in the pool, there's you know a thermometer up at the pool, and it went from 29 degrees to 35. While we're wow. actually in the pool, we're only in the pool for an hour. Yeah, so, yeah. Gross. And then, and how how high was the humidity by then? Pretty high. I I don't know. I know that uh, I'm hiding from it now under a fan. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Oh well. We um yeah. Well, that's another thing. Like the weather in New Zealand very different, and um it did get quite warm in a sense because of um the humidity is a lot higher than here and um there's, there's something funny about the sun even though it, like it was in the high 20s like i don't burn easily i've got quite dark skin but I, I mean i was getting i was getting burnt just being out in the sun just walking around and stuff and um so it's a different kind of the sun's just a bit i don't know it's got a bit of sharpness to it and um so that was um interesting so you you just yeah you just don't know you know like it's so weird like here in adelaide it, I, I'm, I can happily go running in 35 to 40 degrees because it's so dry. But if you add in a few percentage of humidity, um, it changes everything. Yeah, yeah. Dry, look, dry heat, you can mm. run in that all day long because you can sweat it out. As long as you can keep replacing the juice, it's all mm. right. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Sorry. When, you, when you're swimming in it, it... Um, it just builds up. You just you just can't dissipate the heat. That's exactly. The yeah. No, that is the problem. But um, so you're um, you're getting through, you're getting, you're building your training up, and so the seed of snowy is that still on the? What's the go there? What are you doing? Uh, so that's. I know, still, I know you've postponed it. Yeah, so that's still delayed. Apparently, this yep. weekend they're going to open up the trail from um, Dead Horse Gap to yeah. the top of Kosciuszko, which is only about 12Ks, um, which is the final 12Ks. And they're actually going to reopen that this weekend to try and get tourists back up into the high country. But yep. the trail from um, Cockatoo Car Park down through, you know, for 300 kilometres then down to the coast, no, that's all still burnt out and parts of it are still on fire. Um, yeah, right. So, yeah, at this point in time, it is definitely still delayed but you haven't picked a date yet no haven't picked a date i i am very conscious of we desperately would like to get tourists back into that area hence why you know they're opening up that trail and opening threadbow up this weekend um and as soon as you know they say yep it's all good to go then you know i want to go down there and um you know, yeah. spend my own money as such down in that area so as that it, it helps the tourists again. So I don't yeah. want to delay it for so long that, you know, kind of that, that opportunity to, to give yeah. back that way has passed. But uh, having said that too, I don't want to be down there 
uh, in a situation which um, causes grief. So, yeah. and I know that, you know, it's, it's back to high fire danger weather today. Yeah. Um, in that in that region. So, yeah. The, the problem is, it's, it's, Australia's just massive, absolutely massive. And just because part of New South Wales is, you know, burning. I mean, my brother lives on a property in western New South Wales and he's completely destocked. Um, and he's had rain. Um, you know, the first question yeah. we all asked as a family was, when are you getting stock back? And he goes, oh, I need a lot more rain yet. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's had enough rain out on his property to put water in the water tank so he doesn't have to truck water in, um, yep. which he was getting very close to having to truck water in. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's great from that point of view, but he's still in the situation of being on a destock property. And, and then you come to Brisbane and I drove through storms today that were dropping a lot of water in some isolated pockets. So, yeah. Yeah. Big, big place. It is a big plenty place. Plenty of places are open. Plenty of places are still, yep. you know, rebuilding. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully you get, it cools down for you, but, um, but yeah. So you're, um, you're running and it's not, not awesome with the heat and, uh, and everything else, but you're still getting it done and that's good. I'm and still so, getting it done. I, yep. I seriously, for the very first time in my life, I am seriously looking at joining a gym specifically to go and run in air conditioning on yeah. a treadmill. I did that a few, uh, about a month ago. We had a, when it was about 45 degrees and I went and did a, just did a casual visit. I did a couple of casual visits down at the gym and yeah, it, it makes a difference. It's a lot safer, you know, and when it gets so, I mean, the gym, it's, it's not, it's not fun, but sometimes you just got to get it done, you know, like you can, um, you've got to get the legs ticking over and it was, um, yeah, you know, you get, get put the fan on you. Make sure you got the fan on you because you'll sweat more than ever in the gym, even if it is air conditioned. Oh, because, really? Okay. Yeah, it's funny because and I, it's because you're not when you run, you generate your own little bit of breeze. But when you're running in the gym, you're not moving, and so there's just no breeze. And so um, you'll you'll find that you get quite hot. But um, unless they have the um, air conditioning set down really low. But yeah, so but it's good. I think it's a, you've got to do what you've got to do sometimes, mate. And um, that's good that you're uh, you're thinking outside the box. You know, you just put it on a little bit of a gradient, and uh, maybe practice, change the gradient every now and again. Um, yeah. So you know, and put put and listen to your favourite podcasts, and you you you're laughing. <laughs> going. Yeah. Could be there. For, could be there for hours with the list that I've got to get through at the moment. Exactly. People, people, people keep contacting me and say, have you listened to this and have you listened to this and have you listened to this and have you watched that? I know I watched 50, 50, 50 this week. Um, I don't know if you've watched that. It's about, uh, I think Iron Cowboys, it's a guy's name, did 50 Ironmans, 50 Days, 50 States yep. in the US. Uh, it was reckoned to be recommended to me months ago, but I just haven't sat down yeah. and done that. And so I, I did that this week. Uh, it was good? Yeah. Look, it was excellent. Obviously, um, you know, there was a lot of pitfalls that he fell into that I look at when I organise some of the stuff that I organise and go, yep, I don't want to end up in that situation. And, um, 
about transparency and how money's being donated and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's, but I mean, and a few times he had to use an IV drip, uh, at which point I was wondering, oh, I wonder if I could run with an IV drip in my arm. Um, I think it's frowned yeah, upon, to be honest. In, I mean, you might, you might have an exception. Yeah. Um, I'm not worried about being frowned upon in that regard. Um, because I'm not trying to compete to come first or whatever. He was trying to set a world record, which got accepted yeah. in the end. Um, yeah. But, you know, he got a lot of grief over that. Yeah. So, yeah, look, if, if I got to the stage where I need to have an IV in my arm, um, I would honestly happily have an IV in my arm because I know that, you know, I take significantly less dangerous medication. Um when I can run, and if if that's what it came down to, an IV is just fluids. Yeah. That meant that I could then not take a more dangerous drug. Um, guess what? I'm going to do that. Um, yeah. He was in the same boat. You know, he had to recover fast enough, and he needed to be able to do something. He wasn't taking a drug as such. So, and that, that's how it got deemed. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, he got a lot of flack over it from people going, "Oh, you're not really doing it." And it's like, like you try and do. 50 Ironmans in 50 days, then you can make the complaint. Yeah. It um, sounds like a good one to uh, to check out. Yeah, uh, he's a bit nuts, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, aren't we all? Um, but we yeah. are all a bit nuts, yes, true. It's, um, so speaking of nuts, I'm, I'm excited to tell you about my race. Yes, and, I'm uh, excited to hear about it, so let's go. Yeah. So I did the Ultra Easy, the, the, the Ultra Easy 100K, I should say, because there are... Other events, There's the, they have the Big Easy um, Marathon as well as part of it, and also the Big Easy Mountain Bike Ride, which is how the which I have learnt that that's how the race initially started. It was a mountain bike race, just basically down the side of the mountain, and then um, a few people were like, "Oh, can we run it?" And then so they ran it, and then now and it's just gotten bigger and bigger. Now I've, I actually today's episode where there'll be an interview with um, race director Terry Davis who is a very funny Kiwi and he's a really nice guy and and he um he goes into the how the race started so I won't spoil all that aspect and um but it's really interesting and yeah he organizes the um the Northburn 100 as well and he and the what's the other one uh the mountain difficulty ascent and which is as hard as it sounds it's um yeah and and also he does a couple of other things that are really good, like challenging races. But Northburn is like the, his premier one. I think it does it's 160 k's with 10 or 11,000 meters of vert. But um, so yeah. So anyway, that's today's episode. My race. So I did the ultra easy, 100 kilometers, um, about somewhere between four and and four and a half thousand meters of climbing in the race. So um, pretty mountainous like but and starting so we basically started at three o'clock in the morning which is super early um obviously i was awake at 1 a.m and when the sun doesn't go down until when it doesn't get dark until 10 p.m it was very hard to get to sleep and i managed to get in a few hours um got up at one had some breakfast got another runner who i'd met the day before gave me a lift out to the start finish area which um is in a little town called Luggett. And um, just about 15 minutes out of Wanaka on New Zealand South Island, drove. Um, so I took off, 
The first 30 kilometers is pretty flat. You're running along this beautiful river. It's called the Clutha River. And it's, um, in the, the, you know, it was very surreal. Everyone's very, was super quiet. You know, all these runners just going along. No one was talking, but it was a real, there's a real serenity to it. And, um, you're running along and the moon's shining off the river and like just, just lovely, but you can't see much, obviously. Um, it was, you know, 11 degrees first. And then you go over like a little hill about 17 k's in. There's a little, it's called Mount Iron. It's in just inside, just near the town of, um, Wanaka. And it's just like a little speed bump, more or less. You climb about 250 meters. Um, you go up this hill and it's, it gives you a good 360 degree view of all the mountains around you. Um, and so get this, I get to the top of this mountain, this little mountain, Mount Iron, still in the dark. And, um, my head torch, which was fully charged and it's pretty, it's pretty new at a Petzl. It went flat at the top of the mountain, the top of this hill. And, and I, I was, um, I turned it off and on a few times and it would come on for a few seconds and then just start flashing and then turn off. And I was like, no, battery's flat. And then, so I'm, I'm still, I had to do this like, not a massive descent, but it was quite technical. And, um, I'm so, guessing the battery was cold. It wasn't that cold though. It wasn't cold. Like I was already sweating at that point. And, and it was just, I think it's just a piece of shit. And I'm going to, the brand, it was pet, it was a Petzl. It, I mean, it cost me 150 bucks, you know, and I didn't buy it as an overnight torch. I bought it for just so it would last at least a few hours, but yep. it lasted, it lasted less than two hours. So I'm, I'm on this top of this hill. And I thought, oh, I'll just run right off someone's shoulder and I'll run down behind them. And, you know, that it seems like a good idea. But at the shadow, when you're not, the shadows were a bit funny. And I rolled my ankle. and um, oh. and then, and, But it wasn't bad. But it was like, oh, I don't want to do this. It's too early in the race. And so I stopped and I pulled out my phone and just used the light on my phone to run, um, which was not that bright, but bright enough. And I just... And probably about 10 people went past me when I was going down this bit. And, um, you know, got to the bottom, did the job. And then you run through the town of Wanaka and then you run along the beautiful lake. And at this point, you know, so you're like 25 k's in, it's still pitch black. And, um, then you go, you make your way towards the first big climb. And, oh man, it's spectacular. Like Wanaka is a beautiful place, but you're running towards Roy's Peak, which is a huge climb. So at the 30k mark, you, you hit the bottom of this climb and it's, so Roy's Peak, here's some statistics. It is of eight kilometers long and you climb 1200 meters in eight kilometers. So, um, it's a big climb. You're just going up, 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 up. It's sustained. It's the longest sustained. So 120 meters a k. That's a yeah. That's a lot of climbing. It just and it's just so long. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. More than 120 meters a k. But um, because you yeah. And so um, yeah. And there was I mean some k's were steeper than others where you and so anyway, amazingly, and I was quite. I felt really good going up the hills. And as we were going up, like the the sun started to come up and. I got almost near the top of this peak and the sun bursts out over the top of the mountains and there's just snow-capped peaks everywhere and I'm like having this almost spiritual moment. It was just, and I was by myself at that point and it was just like, this is so nice and it was like a perfect day and you get right up to this peak and it is like just, 
you're on the spine, on the actual ridge line of the mountain, and so and you're up in, um, you're up over 1500 meters, and you're just running along the spine of this mountain, and it's just, it was just breathtaking. And like I didn't want to leave that that area. I loved it. I was just like, oh, this is so nice. And then, um, you know, a couple of runners, because I was dilly dallying a little bit, a couple of these Kiwis caught up to me who I'd passed earlier. And then, um, you know how it is with these races. We ended up sort of yo-yoing with one another for the rest of the day. Oh, and, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. We ran together a lot and made some great friends along the way. And um, and it was funny because so um, – and then you run along the top of the ridge line and you get across to um, basically um, the second peak you go up is Mount Alpha, but you've only dropped down a few hundred metres um, and then you climb back up the ridge line and you're um, on this mountain that's a bit higher. So it's about sixteen or 1,700 metres above sea level and um, there's a, there's a four-wheel drive track. I don't know how. It must must be a crazy four-wheel drive trip up there. Um but this guy's up there, and at the aid station, he had get this. He had a pie warmer, so um, so there's hot <laughs> the hot pies in the oven, cooking ready to go. So this is like seven o'clock in the morning, and I've been already been running for four hours, and I've been eating and stuff. And so I grabbed a pie, and it was the best, man. So good, I loved it. And uh, so it was a, and it wasn't. A, I didn't get a meat pie. He had meat pies. I grabbed a, a vegan curry pie. And it was really yummy. And I just ran with it. And because the next bit, then you run downhill basically for, oh, for 15, nearly, yeah, about 15 Ks. You're running downhill, like basically nonstop. And you're going, and so while I'm running along, I'm just grabbing these, um, I'm just nibbling on this massive pie. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was good. And, um, having fun. And then you, you go through all these, like, there's so many, like, mountain streams. And, you know, just these beautiful freshwater streams. And the race director had said, if you start to feel warm, you know, just, you know, splash out. Yeah, and, like, it's the freshest water because there's still there was still snow up on the higher peaks. And um, so it was just snow melting, and it was so cold and clear. And um, so, yeah, as the day wore on, every time I came across one of those, um, those streams, I would either dunk my head or... If there's ones where sometimes you had to go through ones that were um, quite wide and deep enough, and so I would just sit down in the creek and just cool off for like for for, for a couple of seconds and then get up and keep going because I sort of figured your, your your feet are wet anyway, and um and so yeah, so I'm running downhill and um down sorry this is coming off um, Mount Alpha and heading down into what is the Cardrona Valley and um heading into the sort of the late morning. And um, at that point, I sort of was running with the, um, this um, Kiwi guy named Steve Tripp, who is a decent runner. He's older than me, but he was um, definitely a strong runner. They're all really strong on the downhills, these Kiwis. And um, it was about this point I started running with this um, – I'd been running with this Kiwi woman um, named Helene, and, but also this other – this Aussie chick who was from Brisbane, who you – who knows you, actually, Ashley, because I, I got into a conversation with her. We are talking about 100K. We were running together for, for quite a long way. And um, for probably, oh, overall, I think we ran for probably 20 kilometres together. Um, and her name was Jess. And I asked her, I was like, oh, so we're doing about 100K times. And she told me her 
her sort of her best 100k time and she said she did it in like 11 hours or something i'm like oh you're you're quick i was like i'm like where did you do that and she goes oh, i did it at blackall 100 this year and i'm like ah oh, you must have been up near the front then if you did it in that time and she goes yeah i won it <laughs> so it was just i don't know if you're familiar with jess schluter um she you know her at all um I'm shocking with names. I'm going to say that, yes, I do. Yeah, there you go. right now, I cannot put a face to the name. Yeah. Having said that, I'll, I'll Google it while we continue to talk. Yeah. So she, well, she's won Black All twice. And so um, so she's a decent runner. And so it was at that point that I'm like, maybe I'm running pretty well because I felt really good. You know, there was no, no stomach upsets. Legs were moving well. I was moving really well uphill. And... Um, and I was moving as well as I could downhill. It just downhill, I've just got to work on my my speed. Like these, I mean, these, there's a difference between like bombing a downhill where it's only you're doing it for ten or fifteen minutes. It's so hard to bomb a downhill that goes for hours. You know what I mean? Like um, with these long descents that just keep going and going and going, it just absolutely thrashes your quads. And so anyway, so Jess and I are running along together. Um, we ran into. You come down into the Cardrona Valley, and that was probably for me my least favourite area. So you're, you're sort of between two mountains, obviously, and being a valley, and you're stopping in an aid station, and um, and it's about 57 k's or something, and you you start running, you run along the valley floor for about five or six k's, which is really frustrating because you see this big mountain to your left, and you're like, I'm about to run up that mountain, I just want to get it over and done with, and um, and so. We, we finally started climbing this mountain and um, we, you know, sort of power hiking, running the sort of flatter sections. And then it was, it was around about a third of the way up there, Jess, she found an extra gear and um, she, she, she went off ahead of me. And um, she, I sort of dropped back a bit, but then I kept her in my sight all the way to the top. But it's going up. So you're going up what the, the Criffle Ranges, I think it's called. And you go up, 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 up for several hours. So you're basically going uphill for 20 kilometres, um, but with a few little downhill sections along the way. But it's just you're climbing, 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 and just that never-ending climb. And um, got right up to – you go up into, like, this ski um, – there's a ski resort up there or ski village. It's a snow farm. And so um, up there, and there's a lot of mountain biking that goes on around there. And um, – so that's my 70k mark, or a bit over 70k, and that's where the marathon started. And the marathon is go out and do like a 10k loop on top of the mountain, and then so at this point you're up at about 1700, or maybe maybe a bit less, maybe 1600 meters. And there's another aid station, and, and at that point it's still going well. And then you continue to climb out of the snow farm, and it's really weird going through a place where there's skiing because you can see all these runs. They've got signs saying, you know, this ski run is a black diamond ski run this way or that way, but it's all, there's no snow. I mean, there were little patches yeah. of snow. But, um, so, yeah, and then you're running, but it was really technical running through here, like really rocky. And so for good, oh, for, basically for the rest of the race, it was technical running. So a good 30 kilometres of just, you know, even on the flat, little flat bits, there's just, you can't get a rhythm. And then you come across... We work our way up towards the, the summit, the third big summit, which is um, Mount Pisa, which is the uh, which is just under two thousand meters uh, above sea level. And you get there, and it's 
like the scale is so hard to describe because you, you you look ahead and you see this track and you and you go oh it's only a couple of hundred meters away and you start running towards it and it's not getting any closer and you're like oh no that's really that's like three kilometers away it's just so weird to get that perception and um but yeah rocky technical and lots of tussocks running over these big clumps of grass and so you just it's impossible to find a rhythm and you just keep rolling your ankles and um but every chance i got i was able to get back to like my five about five and a half minutes per kilometer even if it was only for a couple of hundred meters before another climb or whatever and then you get to um finally get to the top the highest point in the race there's an aid station at the top of pisa and it's from there you go downhill and it's 20 kilometers of descent and it's basically and then you get to the bottom of the descent and it's just two and a half kilometers along the flat and you're finished and so that that last 20 kilometers was so that 20 kilometer descent so painful so very painful and um because it not only i mean it was changing the gradient went from being really steep to not that steep to but to, it was just technical the whole way down like lots of sheep had like a their little hoofs had ruined the track and and really like where bits had washed out from um the rain and so yeah got down um made it managed to run i had a few little walk breaks on the way down the hill which is sounds bizarre but just because my quads were absolutely on fire um and then but the last 10 kilometers i ran the entire way didn't stop got to the flat and there was these there was, because the mar- some of the marathon runners had come past us and in the last two kilometers i overtook about three of the marathon runners so i was really happy with that and i finished and um and then felt then grabbed a piece of pizza and collapsed into the to the river it was great <laughs> 14 hours and 24 25 minutes and i came 14th overall well, well done. That's and that's flying for that sort of course. Yeah, so, I was. Yeah, and really I, happy. I have looked up. I've looked up Jess on Facebook, and yes, I do know her. Yeah, uh, she's decent. Well, she. Once, I think she. As, as, as soon as I saw her face, yep, I've met her. Yeah, Jess yes. put about forty minutes on me in the end. Um, I think, and she um she's a good runner, so I knew she was. So it was good that I was even able to stay with her for a while, and um so yeah, made some lovely friends and. It's a very different race experience to racing in Australia. Um, the key, I like, I like Kiwis. They're, they're so chilled out. It's, they're almost asleep. <laughs> and I mean that in the best possible way. You know, we're, us Aussies are hyper as. And so I, um, yeah, but it was good. So yeah, I highly recommend it for anyone who wants a good challenge. I mean, the fact that you've got to run 30 kilometers on the flat before you even hit any real hills. Some people might see it as a negative, but it was actually really enjoyable. You've, you've got 70 kilometres of hardcore climbing and descending after that. But that first 30, you knock 30 k's out before it even gets light. It's a nice feeling, you know. So um, I recommend it to anyone. I would say don't do it as your first one because it's hard. But in saying that, the guy that won it this year it was his first 100k. But he was, he was a, a decent athlete. And like... I don't know if you're familiar with Grant Guys. Grant Guys is like a, a very good runner, and he from New Zealand. And a lot of people listening would know who he is. Well, he came third, and so he right, was, okay. yeah. So and the winning time was twelve hours and five minutes. 
So there you wow. go. Yeah. So it's uh pretty uh interesting. So it's a great experience. I I definitely want to work on my downhills and um like just it's going to be it's tricky though because we just don't have those sustained those long sustained descents sort of anywhere here in Adelaide. And I was not about many... to say, not, in, not unless you're about to move to um, the the snowy mountains. There's not yeah. that sort of sustained descent. Oh. Even in the snowy mountains, there's not no that long. Those big long descents, you get them in the US as well. Like I've I've run mm. a couple in the US um, years ago, and yeah, it's it's um it's t- it's tough, and I mean it's a real challenging experience. Um, because you don't um, like it's uh, one of the things I liked about the descents is watching the vegetation change as you go further down and feeling the temperature change, and like going from the very top where there's there's virtually nothing, there's just rocks, and as you get down it gets into you get your tussocks and then you start getting longer grass and more bushes and then you can hear all the birds. It's so weird, but um, one the most enjoyable race of my life. I had no negative points in the race. Um, every corner was like a wow moment for me. So absolutely loved it, man. And I've pulled up. I feel really good. I um, My legs aren't sore. I've just been, you know, generally fatigued for a few days. And I have I went for a 5K run today. And what are we now? Today is Thursday. And so it's been about four days. Four days, I, yeah. Yeah, feel good. Feel really good. And so um, I'll just start easing back into it. But um, just let my body do its thing. I got one blister, which was pretty good considering how wet my feet got. Um, so yeah, all things considered, it's an awesome day out. And I think um, I'll be back in New Zealand to do another one of those events very soon. Um, maybe the Ultra Easy or maybe something else. But such a stunning part of the world. I, I challenge anyone to disagree with me. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's And um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, have you ever been to New Zealand? Yeah, I've been to New Zealand. I um, I went to New Zealand to do the New Zealand Ironman years ago. Yeah. And I got I got hit by a car during the bike leg. Oh. Um, on the course. So that's uh, good. Yeah. It um, no, it was a lot of gravel rush. And, yeah, that's, uh, that sucks. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't finish it, and um, it was after that that I went. Not real so I'm not so keen on Ironmans and, and moved across to running. So yeah. um yeah, well, I, I worked out that the running was the better bit. It uh Lower yeah. speed, mate, lower speed. You don't you, there's okay. less chance of uh falling off at high speed. And I suppose if a, a car's got more time to, to miss you, hopefully. It was lower speed and it wasn't the first time I'd been hit by a car and it completely not being my fault. Um, yeah. And I just went, you know, you're going to end up badly hurt at some point getting hit by a car out on the road. I moved over to mountain biking and then just sort of more casual biking. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that's mountain biking look is awesome. Like watching some of the mountain bikers around Queenstown, it may, it got me very excited to, to, um, to, Go back over there and do a bit of mountain biking. Like they've really got the, they've got dedicated mountain bike trails everywhere, you know, like, um, yeah. it, it looks super enjoyable. And it's the kind of stuff I used to be into when I was younger. And, you know, riding a bike, you know what they say about riding a bike? It's like riding a bike. You never forget. 
<laughs> I, back I, to I, I used to do mountain biking quite a bit, and I, I just remember going out on a Saturday morning quite regularly, and the younger boys, and when I say boys, you know, they're still younger men, they'd be, they have been out hammering themselves all night long. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they were still half cut sometimes, and they would just kick my butt. And they yeah. would ride so well, and then they'd go home and sleep. And I'm pretty sure that's why they did it. Um, no, yeah. no fear. And, no fear. And um, it made them sleep better. Yeah, wow. Hashtag no fear, eh? Um, yeah. That, that's, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty hardcore. And the, the, especially the downhill guys. And, like, the fact that this race, the, the ultra, the, the big easy mountain bike race, you know, they've got to just come. When I was running down this this last descent, I was thinking, man, these bikers have come would have come flying down here, and it would be terrifying. Some of them, some of them, there's like it would be certain death either side of you. There's, there was more than one situation in the race where if I had gone left or right, suddenly I would it would have been certain death, and it would have been not just certain death, but time to think about my life before certain death. <laughs> and you know? disappeared off the cliff. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good. It was super exciting, though. And that's the kind of stuff that we uh, we relish, you know. Those um, the running those ridge lines is something that I want to go back and do more of. So good, but um, but yeah, no, I'm still on a. You know how it is after you do a big race like this. I've still got that buzz. Here I am, like four days later, and um, uh, and I have to tell you too, I got given um, so Terry Davis every year with the race medals. He he makes them by hand. And he makes them with something that comes from the course or that he's found in his backyard. So in previous years, he's given out bits of barbed wire that have been fashioned into some kind of metal. And so this year, the metal was a, a slice of, um, of willow that he'd cut from a tree on the course because there's willows all along the river. And um, he, then he got a hot um, branding iron that says the ultra easy and branded them and drilled a hole in them and then um, put just a bit of bailing twine as the rope around your neck. And, um, and so that's what mine was. It was untreated timber though. So it looks like oh, so you probably weren't allowed to bring it back in. Well, I, I was like, I was certain that I wasn't going to be able to bring it back in. So when I got to um, customs or when I got to quarantine coming back into Australia, I was very open. I said, look, I've got this metal. Um, it, it's made of untreated willow and i said i said and the lady's like the i was super friendly i was like i'm going to work the system as best i can here and this older quarantine officer she's like oh no you're not supposed to have that and i said look i'll be honest with you i had to run 100 kilometers to earn that piece of metal a piece of wood um and and she was like oh and then she turned to me she goes okay put it back in your bag don't do it again and i was like (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, do you mean bring the, the wood in or run 100 kilometres? And she's like, both. <laughs> and so it was good. So I, I got very lucky that I could bring it back in but because um, I was certain that it wasn't coming back in. But, I so, can yeah. tell you now that if you'd come from any other country than New Zealand, yeah. you would, there's no way you would have got that in. Yeah, I know. You're just and, lucky that New Zealand has as stronger quarantine... They do go regulations go as way. we do. Yeah, yes. I've been I've been um, thoroughly. Yeah, they don't want to bring any stuff like that in. And so I'm like, yeah, just a bit of wood. But it was great. And my wife Kate, she ran the 42 kilometer race, and she um she had a great time. 
And um, but yeah, the downhill running absolutely just thrashes you, man. And the guy that won the marathon, get this, even though the marathon descends for like ages, it still has a thousand meters of climbing um, at the start of the race, and he did it in three oh nine. Holy dooly! So fast, a, a down a, like a mountain marathon with plenty of climbing and very technical descent, like super hard to run. Like basically a half marathon downhill, um, you know, to maintain a decent pace down there was really hard, you know, like, <laughs> so hats off to that guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah so that's, that's, that's something else. Yeah. So that's my, my, uh, my race experience of the ultra easy. I, I cannot recommend, recommend it highly enough, you know, so good, so good. And, um, yeah, I've got the post-race blues a little bit, but I'm focusing now. My next thing is rebuilding for the uh, the Hubert 100 miler, which is in early May, up here in the in the Flinders Ranges or in Ikara Flinders Ranges, I should say, which is in and we start and finish in Wilpena Pound. And so this is a special one, so I cannot wait for it. Excellent. So, yeah. yeah, so that's it. So that'll be the next thing I'm focusing on. And um, but yeah, so. It's only, I think we've got about 14 weeks or something. I don't know. So yep. plenty, yeah, enough time. Right. So building on top of the fitness I've got, I think I should do, I, I should hopefully go all right. I know it's a whole different level. So I, I, I'll um, be talking, I guess over the next few weeks and months, be talking a lot about transitioning from 100 kilometers to 100 miles. Um, yeah, well, it's a significant yeah. step. It's a big jump up and I, um, I finally feel like I'm ready to take on that battle. And I, I think some people jump in too quickly. But, um, and I mean, I don't think you're ever truly prepared for a, a big ultra. No one, you can prepare yourself as much as possible, but there's always things. You know, there's, all, it's, there's um, varying degrees of success. And I hope I can, um, uh, we can workshop some of that and I'll draw on some of your experience and maybe some of the listeners can, uh, can email us with, with ideas, I mean, I've, I've I've coached quite a few people doing hundred mile races, and so no, but now it's good to uh, to dip, throw my hat into the ring, and that yeah. So um, what's coming up for you this week? More running, more training. Uh, so I've got treatment today, um, so cancer treatment today. So that, um, in fact, the the doctor tried to ring me while we've been doing this podcast, but but they can wait because I know exactly what they're going to say. Um, it's just, have you got your medication out and ready? Because yep. I, I have to keep my medication in the fridge and then it has to come out a certain period of time before they can actually do the treatment. So um, that's always yes. great when you've got 20 grand worth of medication in your fridge. Um, anyway, I'll have treatment today. So that'll knock me around. Like the last two treatments have really knocked me around way more than previously i don't know whether it's because of the heat or what but um yeah you know hope fingers crossed um it doesn't knock me around massively and then you know i'll be back running maybe sunday um i'll probably go and walk park run with my daughter saturday and, and then i'll build back up for the end of the month um yep. and then yeah I, I started uh penciling races in Nice. A year just on, on a calendar, um, very lightly penciling them in. So, um, yeah, well, I, I, 
We'll see what we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, it's one of those. It's it's that case of I'd really like to do that, but I just don't know. So yeah. yeah. Oh, well, maybe next week you can um, give us a bit more insight into that if you're feeling more. Um, uh, ambitious to talk about it, you know. Like I, to, I, yeah. I might be more ambitious as I get closer to the races. I get more ambitious. Yeah. But this far out, um, you know, it'll be I re- a while. I remember how pumped you are after Blackall, and you know, just remember that. Remember that feeling. I mean, it's great doing long, epic things like, um, but there's something special about being in a race atmosphere and surrounded by people doing the same thing. You know, you know, it's um, it's great. It, it's so. Just remember that. Remember that vibe, and that, that goes. That's that's for everyone, you know. My goal this year is to race more, and so um, I've really I've kicked the year off to a good start. Better than this time last year. This time last year I had a sprained ankle, and so um, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy. I managed. I'm, I have to say a big shout out to um to one of the guys I coach, Matthew Woodman. He um he ran ultra easy as well, but he took a wrong turn at some stage in Cardrona Valley and got lost like proper, proper off course for quite a long way. And, um, unfortunately had to DNF. So it was a DNF through navigation, not through, um, like he's a very fit guy. He would have had no trouble finishing, but, um, navigation, unfortunately is a big part of it sometimes in these races. And you just have to drop your attention for a couple of minutes and you're gone. So bad luck, Matthew next race. You know, so that but that these things happen. <clears throat> it's a growing experience, I guess. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I know yeah. that um, we I, had a team in a, a long distance race at one stage, and uh, we were coming first, and we were coming first, and we were coming first in this t- as this team of I think there's three of us. And um, anyway, I remember I'm just waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. I'm thinking, what, what's taking so long? And yeah, it was just a Technical issue, wrong turn. Yeah, um, and and we weren't we weren't the only ones. It was uh, it was actually fifth or sixth place that then came through first. Like the first five places all took the wrong turn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes it happens, and we all had a good laugh at it. Um, yeah, and managed to pull our hard. way back to second place. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. Um. It does, it does. And, um, yeah, but we, anyway, it's the way it is. A lot of people DNF this race on the weekend, which is, um, to, just to show, it, it was a taxing race, you know. Um, the, I, I, yeah, so anyway, with that, talking about this race, without further ado, I'm gonna, we're gonna finish this part of the show, and I'm going, we're gonna jump into my interview with Terry Davis, race director, all round top Kiwi, and runner and madman, Terry Davis. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. I am Daniel, and I am back, and I am joined by the race director of the Ultra Easy, the event that I've been talking about. And His name is Terry Davis, and he's a bit of a masochist. And so, welcome, Terry. G'day, Daniel. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. It's good to see, good to speak to you. Um, thanks for joining us, and no uh, thanks for putting on a pretty, a, a pretty uh, honest 100k, as you put it yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, the ultra easy, it was, um, it was definitely wasn't easy, but it, it definitely was amazing. So tell us about the, um, yeah, well, maybe start off telling us a little bit about yourself. Right. Well, I, um, I grew up in central Otago, just under Mount Paisa, where the ultra easy is, uh, based. Um, spent about 16 years here and then went and traveled the world, uh, for a couple of years, came back and worked, um, in Milford Sound, always, I was always keen on the outdoors, but it wasn't actually till I got into Milford Sound that I started running. Um, it was a 4k little work, after work do one night, started my running career. And, um, back in those days, I was busy talking to people about marathons and how stupid that was. Oh, anybody who runs a marathon, that's just, that's just <laughs> silly. And, uh, lo and behold, I had a friend, um, I ended up moving to Dunedin and doing some study there and doing some part-time work and a friend encouraged me to join him for a 24-hour adventure race and um, so this was mountain biking and kayaking and, and trail running and um, boy that really set set a fire under me, got me all excited and then soon after that did um, the Dunedin marathon and then uh, soon after that I did uh, the Kepler so that was 60 k's down in Fiordland there. So yep. uh, very much got bitten by the bug, and I was away, away laughing. Yeah, you um. So you definitely, I mean, with all those mountains around you there, you know, you obviously are drawn to running up and down big hills. And so, <laughs> would you well, say? Let, 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 let's not get carried away. The reality <laughs> is, there's a whole lot of walking up these hills, and yes. I had a bit of a, I had a bit of a reality check and quite a shock. I had um, Christmas up in the North Island and um, around Topor, and the bush trails there, they were hilly, but they weren't mountainous, and so wow. you could actually run them. And, boy, it's hard work running up these shallow hills. I'd far sooner have a big-ass yeah. mountain that you have to walk up, and yeah. then uh, you get to run along the top and run down, because it uses completely different muscles. So I, I tell people this all the time, and they think I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. Um, walking uphill is recovery from running. Yeah. And then running along the flat is recovery from walking uphill. So yeah. a lot of my races are just big recovery sessions, really. Oh, exactly. You know, what's, you know, a few, a few thousand meters of elevation. Um, yeah. It's so true. Like, and I, it's something I talk about. We, I've had discussions about running versus walking and at what point it becomes too hard to run and more or more efficient to walk, mm. you know, like, because I mean, I, um, I actually was surprised in the race, you know, um, that how like a, a race that's got such long, ex, long climbs and such long descents, it really highlights your weaknesses. And, um, yeah. and I realized I'm actually pretty quick on the big uphills. Like I was passing a lot of the, um, a lot, a, a few Kiwis and, um, and um, was it Steve Tri Steve Tripp? I did. I was really surprised. Like guys like him, and they all had poles. I didn't have my poles, and I, wow. I I went past them on the ups, but then on the downs they would they would fly past me. I just didn't have any speed on the downhills, and wow. um and so it really if the race finished at the top of the mountain, I think I would have <laughs> I would have been good as gold. I've been right. You would have been up a couple of places. Yeah, definitely. I oh well, I know. Um, We've jumped. We've already gone on a tangent. Um, but yeah, one of the guys, um, the South African guy who was the, because I think I was the second veteran and he was the first veteran. He passed me at the 
uh, what was his name, Mike, he passed me at the very top of the lo- the final descent, or about two k's into the descent, and in the last twenty k's on that massive descent, he put seventeen minutes on me. You know, so um, yeah. it just goes to show having a reasonable downhill speed makes a big difference. You know, and um, yeah. so yeah, but no, it was um, so when you're with your running, so you were were you running competitively, like, or were you doing it more? Did you? I mean, obviously, everyone who runs I'm, wants I'm, to do well. I'm a, I'm a, a weekend warrior. We describe yeah. them over here, so I like to go out and have a bash. I um, I've never been um in the top pointy end, but I've always sort of been in the top ten percent. Okay. And, uh, last year, in, in twenty in twenty nineteen, I ran the Kepler in six oh nine. I think I came. Did I come? 14th male overall or something. Oh. So that was how quite far, decent. How far is Kepler, did you say? 60? Kepler's 60k. Yeah, wow. And it, that's, it's got yeah, that's a couple of thousand metres of vert. So and, um, it was so, a good... Yeah, wow. Sorry, it was a good so, test. So yeah, I'm, I'm competitive in the old boys, in the old boys category. I'm oh, um, uh, 48 now, so... Yep. Oh, good. Um, just, I've just actually had a fantastic... I've had a fantastic run. The last two years, I've basically been injury-free. I got a little bit of lower back pain because I don't engage my glutes enough. But otherwise, um, haven't had any knee or ankle or hip problems. And you know, my whole running life, I've always had niggles and injuries, and it's been quite a pain. But uh, these last couple of years, my running's been been good. So I've been really enjoying it, and I'm and I'm pushing my training along, and I want to see how good I can do at the uh, shot over moonlight uh, in a couple of weeks. Over right. the back of Queenstown, that's a good that's, course for me. That'll suit me down to the ground. Yeah, why? What? In what way will it suit you? Where, where are your strengths? It's so it's it's technical. It's got um it's got good steep climbs um and good gnarly descents, but it's got some nice some um, traverses as well. Um, it's not yep. the perfect race. It's not the perfect race because um it's just absolute fun the whole way through. There's no yep. there's no hate. And as a race director, I like to give people the full range of human emotions. Yeah. And in, uh, in the ultra easy, you know, there's some beautiful parts and there's some nice runnable bits, but there's a few bits where where you're just hating. And um, so, yeah. so and you know, funny. That, the the bits that I hated were not the big steep uphills because they were quite good when you can turn around and look at the great scenery. I, if I'm honest, if I'm being truly honest, the parts that I hated the most, I hated going down through Cardrona Valley there. Going yep. when you're running along, sort of basically parallel to the road, because I yep. can see this big mountain there, and I knew I was about to have to climb up it. But I, I was like, when's it going to happen? So I didn't like that part. And um, running through all the the boggy marshes just before that, before we came into the aid station, I, yeah, I wasn't the long loving. grass. Yeah, it was surprisingly. Uh, my feet got really uh, uh quite slushy through there, and um, and then we had to go underneath the roadway. Oh, that was all right, but um. Yeah, no, it was, and then, uh, I don't know, I can see, it was definitely, it went from, like, sublime views to crawling under roadways, you know, yeah. like, just, <laughs> you're right, it's a, from one extreme to the other, you know, and, um, yeah, so that's interesting. And so in your spare time, you you squeeze in, you organise a few races, <laughs> to put it yeah. mildly. Yeah. Yeah, so, so my, my sort of uh, nine to three job um, is working for the Otago Goldfield Heritage Trust, and that's um, looking after Goldfield Heritage sites and doing oh. field trips with 
old retired people going into the hills, go for wee walks, look at old stone dams and water races and things like that. But but the main part of that job is actually organising the cavalcade. Now, the cavalcade was a reenactment of the gold rush back in 1862, and it started off with a whole heap of people on horses and wagons and a few walkers. Um, we have 500, between five and 600 people every year, and just a couple of years ago, we introduced a trail running trail. So yep. there's... There's 12 trails. There's like a couple of wagon trails. There's six or four horse riding trails. There's a couple of biking trails now. And we have a running trail. And so this is fully supported. You, um, you've you got uh, five days and you cover about between sort of 35 and 50 k's per day, depending how hilly it is. And then in the evening, you're either camping or you're in a wool shed or you're in some some sort of yeah, camping environment, and the caterer turns up and cooks this fantastic meal, and um, wow. your gear gets carried to the to the next night's finish area while you run over the mountains and stuff, and uh, and the total cost for that is about eight hundred dollars. So it is incredibly cheap, and the reason it's cheap is because where the Goldfield Heritage Trust is a uh, it's a charitable. Um, organization and it's doing it just to raise money for the local community groups who do the catering and and put on a big um, uh, celebration and parade and activities and um, hoedown and stuff on the final day when we get into a new host town and every year it's different wow. every year we, the cavalcade finishes at a different small town so all the trails are different to get there so it's really something quite special, and that that takes up most of my time, and I get paid a salary working for those guys. Yeah. So right. if anyone's interested, you know, Google um, Cavalcade um, dot co dot nz or whatever. Oh, that's cool. Well, well, that's well worth having a look at. Um, I'll put and the then, links yeah, up to my... all um, on the at the end when I post the um, episode, I'll put all links up to all these events that you mentioned, so that we can um, yeah, so people can find them a lot easier. Because I think there'll be a lot of people that are quite interested in it. Like, it's such beautiful country. You seriously are spoiled for choice. And for, I, like, there's no yeah. point in taking photos because it's like, oh, that looks awesome. That looks awesome. Everything looks awesome. And so it doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the only, there's no, there's no bad photos, no bad views, except for maybe under, underneath the roadway. Um, it's funny. <laughs> when, when, when I grew up here, I never appreciated how beautiful it was. You know, no. I wasn't until I went away and traveled overseas for a couple of years and came home. It was like mm. seeing it all with fresh eyes. And I can honestly say I've never taken it for granted since. So yeah. I came home in 1993. <laughs> and so yeah. since then, I've looked out the window and thought, fuck, we're lucky. This is awesome. Exactly. It is good. Mm. Yeah. So tell us about, your, you've got some other ones that you do. So that's the main one that you organise, and it sounds like um, an interesting way to see the country or the, that area. And um, yeah. so you've got some proper hardcore races, though. So, so Highland Events was started up with um, Ed Stevens some years ago, a mate of mine in Wanaka, and sadly mm-hmm. Ed um, died of um, bone cancer in the middle of last year. Oh. So uh, it's me and my wife Stephanie at the moment, yeah. and um, and so we he, he was into the mountains and really into row gaining. We're both into row gaining. You know, do you do row gaining around Adelaide? Yeah, it's quite popular here. I've never actually done any Rogaining events, but yeah, it is very popular. Yeah, yeah. So, so we put on two Rogaining events, like at least two every year, one in the spring, one in the autumn. Um, we have three, six, and 12-hour Rogaines. 
Um, and that really gets people to explore the mountains, um, down into the deepest valleys and up onto the highest ridges and stuff. So we do that. Um, but my, yeah, my, my real passion is sort of adventure style races. And so, you know, this, um, the ultra easy that you did, um, not actually my idea. I have to be honest. It was Grant Guy's told me to, um, to incorporate a hundred, hundred K race initially. Yeah. The, initially it was the big easy mountain bike ride and that made perfect sense because you're up at the snow farm which is uh, 1500 meters above sea level starts there you mountain bike over mount pizer at 2000 and then you finish back in um albert town near wanaka at uh, yeah. about 100 meters so there was a lot of a lot more down than up and that was a fantastic mountain bike ride and then a guy um um he was italian charlie this year actually on the quad bike uh greg wilkinson he said, Terry, you should you should add a marathon. I was like, oh, okay then. So so that became the Big Easy Mountain Marathon. Yep. And, uh, and I believe your wife ran that this year. We changed it a little bit yeah. since the beginning. We now have 10Ks running around the mountains at the snow farm before yeah. winning in with the with the Ultra Easy course and just going straight over the top of Pizer and finishing at a lugget. So, um, so that was that. And then a couple of years after that, Grant Guys came and said, mate, this would make the – perfect 100k loop go over yeah. all these summits and do a loop and um i really wasn't interested initially i was like oh grant like like a lot of your ideas that that's another dumb one um, <laughs> not, not too keen and then and then i had a spark of insight i i remembered that you could drive a four-wheel drive almost to the top of mount alpha which and is I don't the, know second, why, but... the second peak isn't it that we climbed up yeah yeah, yeah it's the second peak yeah and yeah. for some reason, I just thought, hey, if we can drive up there, we can take a generator. We could take a pie warmer. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll start three in the morning because we used to start at Albert Town, which was 13 k's closer to Mount Roy and Alpha and all that. And yeah. so when you started there at 3 a.m., you were climbing Roy just as the uh, sun started to come up. And yeah. a lot of people were just getting to the top of Alpha, sunrise, Fresh hot pies straight out of the uh, back of a truck. So I thought yeah. that would uh, kind of impress people, and that got to be to be absolutely honest. That's what got me excited about the race. Yeah, pies it was good. I was looking forward to those pies ever since I read a race report someone had written a few years ago, and I was like, right. And then I was talking to the bloke. Is it Kieran? His name's Kieran, I think. Who was? Who, oh yeah. Who was up at the yeah, aid sorry. station? Yeah. It was he the, the one that had the pie warmer. With, yeah, oh, in, that, that was Michael. Michael was Mike, the aid dude Mike, there. That's right. And yep. he um, got me pumped. And so that, so because we do that first 30 kilometres of basically flat running. And then I would, as I was going up um, Roy, um, you know, that incredibly long climb, I was, I was like, I was, I was eating lots of food already of my own. But I thought, man, I'm going to have a hot pie. I cannot wait. And for some reason, I thought it was at the top of um, um, Roy's Peak. And I right. was like, and so I got up there. I was like, "What? Where, where's the pie? Where's the pie? Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. And I was by myself at that stage. And then I thought, oh, I'll just keep going. And then um, sure enough, someone said, oh, aid station's not too far. And then we got there. And sure enough, there's this, an actual pie warmer, like in a bakery. And I'm like, this is amazing. Never. <laughs> and so I, I went for the biggest pie. There were a few little ones. Grabbed a big pie. Big vegan um, I'm not a vegan, but I grabbed the big vegan curry pie. Big, oh, yeah. And oh, mate, 
and I just I ate it. Probably took me a, it took me a fair while to get in. I was running along with it in my hand, just jogging down the, the that massive descent in towards uh, Cadrona Valley, and I was just like, and once I got it in my belly. It was great. I mean, I, I may have dropped a few bits, which I was a little bit sad about. Um, and so, and then, well, look, it's so good. Pe- pe- people have told me that, oh, it's stupid having pies at an aid station on a 100k race. Well, not if you've got over an hour of descent straight yeah. after eating that pie. Exactly. And then, and then after that, you do have, you know, four and a half k's of running from the last, from the next aid station. But then you've got several hours of walking uphill. So yeah. um, at that low intensity, you're able to digest, and that pie, that's just that's energy for the rest of the day then. It's, it's oh. kind of a health and safety issue. We don't have to worry about people <laughs> um, running out of energy on the course if, as long as they down a couple okay. of pies at the top of our Oh, plate. exactly, mate. I would have put them in my pockets if I had more room. I would have, I would have, <laughs> uh, I was, I really enjoyed the pie. And um, and then, you know, like you sort of have to weigh up, oh, because a few people passed me while I was eating the pie, and I was like, "I don't care. I'm going to catch you because I've got this yeah. pie. I've got." Uh, um, and and so um, it was really cool. And it, and um, yeah, and but yeah, so that that was pretty cool. And so the the pie um the pies are a really good idea up there at um Alpha. And I mean, I got there. So I got about two thirds of the way up Roy's Peak, um, before the sun actually, I actually saw the sun. Like it was getting light. Oh, nice. But, um, yeah, I was pretty happy with the way I was going. Because, I mean, I don't know, for people who are listening to this, so, like, we don't, people don't, the, the, the house long that bloody climb is, that going up Roy's Peak, um, what is it? It's like 1,200 metres. It's, it's about eight kilometres, and you climb, yeah, 1,200 metres. Yeah. So it's a long, consistent, really quite steep gradient. Yeah. No, it, and but the good thing about it is, is... Any any time I I turn if I'm sad to feel a bit like oh this is hard I just turned around and had a look at the view behind me and I was like yeah it's pretty fucking sweet and with every and I and my and this is my philosophy I'm a, I like to be a bit of a glasses half full guy every step up the mountain the view gets a little bit better you know so um so you're getting higher and higher and yeah and running along those ridges you know where it's um just phenomenal you're running along and it's just the ridge line and we're lucky there was no breeze up there so. I wasn't in any danger of being because uh, I know in previous years it could get quite windy. Was it last year or the year before? Yes. You, yeah, it was last year. Last year was horrific. Yeah, um, stories of people clinging onto rocks while their legs flailed in the wind, kind of yeah. like some scene out of a cartoon. So, so um, scary. That was, yeah, that was pretty dodgy. Yeah, I but, weigh like fifty-eight kilos, and so I would have been blown off the mountain for sure. You, um, you, you would have, because this guy who it happened to, he was like a hundred kg. He was a big Irish boy. Yeah. And apparently, as the story goes, he was holding onto this rock, and his feet were flailing in the wind, and he was thinking to himself, "Whatever happened to the look of the Irish?" And then, just <laughs> as he thought that, the tail end vehicle came around the corner to rescue him, and he said, there "Oh, there we are now." <laughs> But that tail end vehicle, it got the window, the front windscreen was smashed from the wind. They That's... were being pelted by um, stones and some rocks, like as big as your fist, um, yeah. just being thrown around by the wind. It was it was right on the border of, yeah, possibly should have um, cancelled or turned people around at that stage. But I'd loathe to cancel events. If the weather's, yeah. you know, my philosophy is the worse the weather, the greater the adventure. And yes. that's... That holds true right up until somebody dies, and then exactly. all of a sudden it takes you know 
a big nosedive. But um, we do on, on we've got another event, um, Northburn 100, which a lot yeah. of your listeners will have heard about. So it's um 100 miles and 10,000 meters of gain and descent. Once yeah. again, the gain's not so bad because you're just walking up, but the descent absolutely smashes you by the end of it. And the first yeah. year we did that. We um we had a southerly come through a southerly storm and they're they're not long lasting but they're quite sharp and I was a bit worried about some runners up right on top of the mountain so I got in a vehicle and I whipped up there to um to have a look and here they are running towards me and they had about an inch and a half of ice and snow crusted on the south side of their body their right wow. hand the north side of their body was totally free of ice because it was just the snow and ice was coming in horizontal from the south. And they yeah. had the biggest smiles on their face. They just, it was like yeah. a massive buzz to um, kind of cheat death and exactly. survive that. And it is, um, I know I had a conversation with you, I think at the start or at some point about, because um, I know you've done the Buffalo one in Victoria, Buffalo Stampede yes. Ultra. And so have I. And I did it the year that the weather got really bad and it rained. And, and there's a certain element of like, this is two years ago, a certain element of just it's a it's an ultimate thrill it's like another it's like just adding another element to make it a challenge yep. and then when you come out the other side you know you do you feel like like superman Ab- absolutely yeah I, I really believe that i think people are missing out so you know i've got acquaintances i won't call them friends but i've got acquaintances who won't go running in the rain oh running oh no i'm not going running i'm like no you're missing out Wrong running sport. in the rain running in a storm running in in a blizzard, that is the most awesome. I, I honestly believe that, um, you know, the major problem in human society right now is that we're so far removed from nature. And yeah. every time you interact with nature, you come out better off. Now, if you just go for a run or a bike ride or whatever, then that's good. That's getting, you know, kind of getting back to nature. If you go for a run in a bush trail or over mountains, well, that's just so much better. If you go for a run in the bush or the mountains in a storm that is even better still. If you go for a run through the bush <laughs> or the mountains in a storm at night, oh, my God, that is the yeah. ultimate. Exactly. And, um, yeah, you've got to, more people you've got to need to do that. It. They might embrace not know, they might not think it's a good idea, but they need to go out with a friend. If it's your first time, don't go by yourself. You possibly will die. But go with a friend um, yeah. who's done it before, and it's the most awesome feeling. Absolutely. I look for it. No, um, and because also with Ultra Easy, I mean, you had quite a, a a big DNF rate, don't you? Like most years, and and this year yeah. included, um, yeah. and so nearly I guess 40%. nearly forty percent, yeah. And, and they, I mean, sorry. and this year a lot of them pulled out at um, Cadrona, which which is rare. Normally they pull out around the snow farm. But yeah. um, this year, the vast majority pulled out at the Cadrona aid station. So I'm not sure what it was there. Was it quite hot coming off the mountain? It was the when warmest you... part of the day for me. Like that, that in the valley there was the, the hottest I felt. And that was probably the only time I, I didn't think about pulling out, but I remember thinking just my head was just throbbing with heat. And I, th- and, um, I remember, yeah. And then going up that, that face and, um, yeah, I reckon that's it. But like once I got up to Snow Farm, you know, eventually there was a bit of a was, breeze. There was a bit more of a breeze. Yeah, it was definitely still down in the valley as well. There was not a not a breath of wind, and um and so yeah, it's it, interesting. I I don't know. Um, so yeah, I 
Um, but the other, the, so what I was going to say also, because this race attracts um, points if you're looking to do UTMB, is that correct? Yes, yes, that's yeah. right. Uh, four points, four points for the Ultra Easy. Yep. Six points for um, Northburn. Yep. For the 100 mile. 100 mile. Five yeah. points for the Northburn 100K. Yep. And four points, no, three points for the Northburn 50K. They're all yep. pretty gnarly. And the cool yeah. thing about Northburn, similar to um, similar to Ultra Easy, is that there's camping right at the start finish line. Yeah, and that, that's great. That's fun. actually one of my favourite parts of um, the Ultra Easy, that finish line by the creek, um, the pizzas yeah. and the beer, yeah. everybody just sitting on the grass under the trees. Um, yeah. And so Northburn's like that too. It's got a it's got a start finish area. Northburn's made up of three different loops, so you keep coming back to the start finish area, which is quite good for catching up with supporters and that. And people often bring um, uh, camper vans or set up a tent and. Um, yeah, just camp there for the weekend and uh, yeah. make it a real, real social family gathering. It was a nice atmosphere coming into the finish, you know. Like, it, I mean, I didn't really know people except for the th- couple of the runners who I'd run with during the race. And, you know, like I got to know a few people, as you do. And I, I remember, yeah, coming in and having that nice cool stream. Like I took my shoes off, my feet were a mess, gave them a little yeah. bath in the, in, the, um, in the water and they felt much better. And the, like the streams and like, I'm not used to seeing creeks and rivers flowing and with such <laughs> clean water because it, it's been so dry here. You know, like there's even got in creeks. Adelaide. Oh yeah, dry as a bone. We've had a little bit of rain in the last couple of days and it's going to rain tonight. But um, the uh, just the amount of um, did you drink at it? Did you drink out of some of those creeks up near the Kirtle Burn? You know, when you after you left the Snow Farm Lodge, you I did, went up I certainly did. I, I took your advice and I filled up one of my drink bottles and I had a few drinks out of it. I was really well hydrated, I'll say that much. And right. I also, I quite often, um, I sat down in some of those creeks, probably at least half a dozen, because there were a lot more little creek crossings than I expected. And, yeah. um, and I thought, I'll just, I'll just, so I'll just run up to them, sat my, myself down and <laughs> let my legs get wet and then got up and kept going. And, yeah. um, and it made me feel so much cooler. Like, and I did it every time I came to a a, a creek that was deep enough to sit in. And, That's um, actually a really good idea. It, yeah, uh, it helps a lot being able to sit down in those creeks on the hot yeah. days. Only for a couple of seconds, you know, just enough time, and you know, you don't want to get too comfortable because it was bloody glorious <laughs> in some of them. You just go, oh, I could stay here all day, and it's like, well, I'll just. And I mean, you may have lied a little bit because I was fairly certain I was going to, um, my feet were going to stay dry throughout the race. They most yeah. certainly did not. They, they, they were not dry. They got very wet. And I think the and mud, the muddy bit before Cadrona, yeah, yeah, before the Cadrona aid station, if you, were, if you were really careful, you could tiptoe and go around some of the bogs. Yeah. Um, wasn't careful. No. No. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, do you, like, do you have a favourite event that you organise? Like, or yeah. You love, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you asked that because it's one that we yeah. haven't talked about yet. And it's, um, it's an event on the 6th of June, so it's an early winter event. Um, yep. It's called Mount Difficulty. Now, the actual... Yes. So you're running over a mountain that is actually named Mount Difficulty. That's the name of the mountain. Yeah. And um, the major sponsor is the Mount Difficulty Winery, which is near the base of this mountain. Um, yep. And we, it's, and that's the start-finish venue is at this winery. 
So um, it's pretty special. It, um, a lot of the course, not a lot of the course, um, a lot of the time spent on the course is actually off trail completely. So it, it's a real adventure mission. It's not so much of a run. Once you get to the top of the mountain, there are some trails and it's beautiful ridge running. And the downhills are not as steep as what you had on the um, ultra easy. So they're actually much yeah. nicer downhill to run. But um, the off the off trail stuff is steep and rocky and gnarly. When you're climbing up, you've got one vertical 500 meter climb um, where you cover one kilometer in distance. Yeah, so, wow. Uh, that's that is 50%. very steep. Yeah, that's incredible. You're, you're using your hands in places. Yeah. Um, and I tell people at the briefing that if they are really scared of spiders and they got a fright and they leapt backwards, then they could yep. fall to their death. If you just oh. sort of if you just sort of stumble and fall and you're starfish, then you know you'd slide and scrape a little bit, but you wouldn't die. But if you actually yeah. if you actually tried, if you jumped, um, then you could fall to your death. And then you run around a little bit, then you come down, and there's one part that um, we have actually put a rope in. There's about 200 meters of rope uh, that you can hold on to with your left hand um, if you want. Just make sure people follow the right trail, because in that one, if um, uh, yeah, higher higher likelihood of death if you were to fall at that and, point. And so, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, with all of your events, is death is instant disqualification? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, that's good. right. That's good. I read that in a race report again, and I thought, this, the <laughs> person that organizes this event is either a horrible human being or a hilarious human being. And I don't know, you, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards it, you're hilarious. Yeah, I don't think you're horrible. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Well, you've done ultra easy. You um, have, to come and do, have to come and do uh, Mountain Difficulty yeah. in Northburn. Most people, most people would definitely say that I'm a horrible horrible person after Northburn. I actually did Northburn myself. Yeah. It was really funny. The first year yeah. we put it on, I did the three different loops, but not consecutively. And yeah. so I knew it was pretty tough, but yeah, it's all right. And then during the race, I was seeing people finish and just the, this look of anguish on their face. There wasn't many people finished. And the ones that did, they didn't look relieved. They didn't look, look happy. There was none of this um, joyousness about finishing. There was only pure anguish. And wow. I thought to myself, geez, it can't be that hard. It can't be that hard. So the following year, I, I did it myself um, a month before the race just to check yeah. it out. Because I wanted to, you know, when I'm doing the race briefing, I like to be able to talk with some, some knowledge, credibility. Yeah. And um, yeah. I got a mate to come with me on the first 50Ks, and that was all fun and giggling. And then the second 50Ks, I had a group of people with me went through the night, and they were a bit slower than me, so I had to um, go a little bit slower. And that was perfect, you know, when you're doing 100 miles. And then the last 60Ks, I started at 2 in the morning, and I didn't have anyone to go with, so I just went out and did it by myself. And I was about 10Ks into it, or 20 minutes, less than 10Ks, a lot less. And all of a sudden, I was just dead. And I thought, oh, my God, I've got so far to go every step. Of that, you know, last um, 55k's or however far I had to go, was was um, conscious effort. And yeah. there's a climb back then. The climb I was doing was um, 12k's, um, and you climbed about 1500 meters. And um, parts of it were, were so steep, you're grabbing onto the tussocks with your hands to pull yourself up. And that's where that climb got the name Death Climb. 
because huh. in all honesty, death seemed like a really good alternative to having to keep moving forward. After, after already doing like well over a hundred kilometers, yeah. yeah. So death, yeah, I can. So um, uh, and 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 because I was by myself and um, it was my first time going that far and that yeah. high, and you know yeah, your right. brain really stops working. I was trying to do maths and I was trying to think what yep. time I'm going to get finished and how long it's taking me. And I totally couldn't do math. So I could just see this ballooning yeah. out forever. And this was when I first got my taste of hate. I've never yeah. really felt hate during an event or a race before, but I really, really, I hated myself during this yeah, wreckage. I was just going to say. What am I doing? Why <laughs> am I? Because I knew even if I chose to pull out, I still had so far to get yeah. back. There was Impossible. no truck to pick me up or anything. Yeah. And it was dark. So no helicopter was coming to get me. I'm like, why am I not at home in bed with my wife right now? Yeah. I could call for my children and they could come running and bring books. And, and, yeah, and I'm out on this bloody hill and I've got so far to go. And it was just as amazing. It was, it was real and absolute hate. And, um, yeah. And wow. I had these visions. I, I had the children meet me about one kilometre from the finish line. Oh, and no. I had these visions of holding hands and jogging the last kilometre and kumbaya and all that sort of thing. And yeah. um, I I sped up as I got close to that one kilometre mark. And then I met the family. And kind of in my head or my body thought that I'd finished. And that yeah. last K took me about 40 minutes. I was doing oh. the old sideways stagger, about yeah. three staggering steps this way and a couple staggering steps the other way. Um, wow. I had never, ever been so rooted in my life. <laughs> I, I tell every, and I tell everybody, you know, when you come to Northburn, you should come along with a mindset that it will be the, the toughest physical, mental, and emotional thing you've ever done. Northburn wow. is so awesome. People, we have people turn up every year, and they've got these, um, you know, uh, ideas of self grandeur and yes. think they're pretty cool and all that. Northburn, boom, man, it just lays you out bare. There is, yeah. there is no hiding, and um, it's so impressive. You see people finishing right on the forty-eight hour cutoff, yeah. um, and oh my god, it's it is very very emotional seeing. All the finishers come over the hundred miler. Actually, it's, yeah. uh, it's awesome. It sounds, um, so, but it's but so it's good, my favourite. So, so I mean, that, that is the hardest. Northburn is the yeah. hardest. Ultra easy is the most beautiful, but yeah. the mountain difficulty that is the most fun. It is just full on yeah. adventure, and um, really, for me really good fun because the ups are really steep you're using your hands as well as your feet you're literally just climbing up but once you get to the yeah. top you've got these wicked um ridges like once you're over alpha sort of those sort of ridges long undulating downhills to run and um yeah nah, it's cool i feel very lucky I'm, i am a super lucky person i feel i'm i'm living my um, life purpose yeah uh, and and um that's it's so good. Like you've you've just it, what you how you described Northburn just then is basically every ultra runner's dream. And it, it sounds it sounds um it sounds funny because it sounds like absolute hell. And, We're a bunch um, of sad asses, aren't we? We, we try yeah. really really hard to make ourselves feel as uncomfortable as anything. There's something glorious about suffering. I haven't oh. used it as a tagline yet, but I want yeah. to use Northburn, the the glorious suffering. 
Well, yeah, it's an op- it's a, it really is an opportunity. And was, I remember my very first 100K that I finished, because I entered 100K once before and I, I DNF'd like 65Ks in because I was green as, I didn't know what I was doing. It was just a local one here. And um, I um, it was hot, I ran out of water, and I just went soft. And went, anyway, a year later, I went back and did the same race again to finish it. I didn't finish it quickly, and um, but I got it done. And I was running with this woman who was a good runner, and I said, I just feel so tired. I just want to lay down and go to sleep because, like, you know, even then I still was pretty green. And I said, this sucks. Like, why do we do this to ourselves? And 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 she said, the more you run these sorts of events, the more you sort of come to realize that that's what we look for in these races. You know, that we look for that yep. to get to that. You can't get to that place just, like, driving around and, like, living an easy life. You know, nah. you, you you can't get to doing- that you're not doing anybody any favors by by making life easy for them. Look, I, I actually had a real um, internal dilemma after finishing mm-hmm. Northburn. I felt so so bad, and I yeah. hated for so long. I was mm-hmm. like, how can I actually encourage people to come and do this race? Because I like yeah. to be genuine. I don't like to talk shit. Um, and I struggled for a few weeks. I was like, oh man, how am I going to encourage people to do this race? And then I thought, well. If you're signing up for a 100-mile mountain run, then clearly you want to test yourself. Yeah. And, and Northburn will test you. Don't yeah. care who you are. Don't care what else you've done. It's, every year is funny as hell. We get Europeans. We get Americans. We get Asians. Oh, yes, yes, they've done all these other mountain runs, and they're very experienced and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And on Northburn, um, they suffer just like everybody else. It's so good. <laughs> it is a real, it's a real leveler. And that brings me back to ultra easy because I know you had like the, just talk about the front end of the field. So the, um, so Grant guys, he said, who gave you the idea for the run and he's obviously yeah. a, 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 like a weapon of a runner. And he, um, and like he's known over here as well because we've got a race here called Durabilla. And I'm fairly certain, um, that he's, it's a 56k race through the Adelaide Hills. It's probably Adelaide's most famous ultra. Like it's pretty, um, it's hard. It's like it's fifty six k's and it's it's well over two. It's like two and a half thousand meters of climbing, and it's just yeah. you know it's it's a really nice race. Um, anyway, I think he's come over and done that at some stage and just like destroyed it. But um, you know what, he he, he, he um, I know so third. He, he came third, but but and no no disrespect. I love Grant. I do actually love him, but yeah. he's really focused on um, uh, hard rock, and so. Yeah. He uses a lot of my races just as, as training, training. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for, for other right. races that he does. So, um, so he had already done like a 140k week or something, and then he goes and smashes it. He might not. He might have only done a 120k week. I don't know. But um, yeah, yeah, he uses. Like, yeah, um, well, the guy, the guy that finished first. It's funny because two days before your run, I was looking around to get a few extra gels and stuff because I didn't have all my usual nutrition that I usually would have it because I didn't bring everything over. Um, and I was into this bike shop in Wanaka. Like I went uh-huh. into this bike, and there was, and um, I was talking to someone, and it's like, oh, they're like, oh yeah, our bike mechanic Joe is running that race. It's his first hundred yeah. k. So I went, I was chatting to Joe. Joe Cox, who ended up winning the damn thing. Yeah. And um, he was a really nice guy, and it was his first 100. You know? Unbelievable. So, yeah. And, and and really ironic. He works in a mountain bike shop. It's yeah. A, it's, it's really a mountain bike race, you know, the, the 44Ks yeah. of the mountain biking 
part is perfect on a mountain bike. It's it's horrible to run, and yet yeah. he's he's running the hundred k and he wins it. So that he was did, um, he, he did really that well. Was and quite crazy. So he'd be one to look out for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Well, actually, Grant Grant said that. Grant said the only other guys who have beaten him on this course have all gone on to do incredible things, like Scotty Hawker beat him on yeah. this course. He went on to get third at UTMB, and, yeah. UTMB. Yeah. And, um, uh, oh, who's that other wee Kiwi who, um, oh, damn it, name slipped it, slipping yeah. out. But, yeah, anyone who's beaten um, Grant goes on to greatness. So, yeah. Joe, we're expecting Joe. big things from Joe. Yeah, I, I was I was uh, well impressed. Because I was, after, when we were at the prize giving on the Sunday, I was um, I was talking to him and I was like, "Oh, did you have a good run?" And at that point, I didn't even know he won, and I didn't know the winning. I didn't know what the winning time was, and I was like, "So how'd you go?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, pretty good." And and then I said, "Did you? Uh, what was your time?" And he goes, "Oh, I did twelve oh five." I said, "Twelve oh five? That's a pretty decent time." And he goes, "You must have been up sort of near the front." And he goes, "Oh yeah, I won." And I was like, "Get out of here!" <laughs> so, so that was like that's ten. What, yeah, it was that, funny. That, that, that is what's so awesome about the ultra running and the mountain running, trail running community, is yeah. that we're all just such good down-to-earth buggers. There's, oh, yeah. I can't think of any, um, you know, that are stuck up or that really actually care about the winning as much as they care about um, the sport and the community. Um, yeah. Everyone's just so excited that here's someone else doing what I love too, and we're all just buzzing off each other. It's... um. Yeah, it's an awesome community. The rest of the world could learn a lot from the ultra running community. I think we need to have more ultra runners in politics. Exactly, they would be. Everyone would be uh, much uh, happier. And when I mean, you'd run an ultra, and it really does. It carries over into every into other aspects of your life. There's no doubt. It, absolutely. Know. Yeah. Absolutely. You can, you can well, go once, to... once you've done something epic like the ultra easy, or um, back when I started out doing the 24 hour adventure races. Um, once you'd done that, I just had this core um, of confidence in the pit of my stomach that I could handle anything that life throws at me, whatever happens. You know? Exactly. Car exactly. breaks down, you're 50k from the nearest town. Oh, well, no biggie. <laughs> I'll yeah. just run and walk there. Um, no, that's it. So, um, fascinating. And I, I just... Um, I know we're sort of running out of... We've got a, a running out of time, but I wanted to ask you, so what's next... For you, A, as a runner, and B, as a race director. So what's coming up? Right. Coming up, uh, first up, I have a running race that I'm competing in, and yep. that's the Shot Over Moonlight Marathon, and I'm oh, aiming yeah. for the podium. I'm not sure if it's the podium overall or the podium of my age category or the podium of local Cromwell runners here. I'll tell you after I've finished. But right. I'm aiming for a podium. You've got to own and, it. I um, love it. Yeah, go for it. Mm. And then at the end of February is um, the Cavalcade. So there's a – and the Cavalcade oh. is not a race, you know. There's a, it's just yeah. a multi-day run, um, hang out with a group of friends, camping, good times. So yeah. oh. it's coming up. So sounds great. And then in amongst all that, you've got um, you've got three kids or something. Is that right to take care of and keep – Four kids? Four kids, we've got oh my four God. kids. We've got two dogs. We've got a baby piglet in the house. We, yeah. um, luckily, we live on 25 hectares. Um, yeah. And, yeah, once again, lucky, lucky, lucky. I'm extremely fortunate 
I thought so, I, my hands were full with three kids, and so that's mental. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, well done. Tip, I tip my hat to you and your awesome wife Stephanie, who I. Um, it was great. The minute we arrived at the, at the, the on the day before when we were picking up our, we were checking in, met your wife and met yourself, and it was just like, ah, oh, this is going to be a good experience. And so, <laughs> so thank you for making. And she this remembered good. your name when you came over the finish line. I know it was great. Yeah, I had oh, no idea. I had no <laughs> idea about names. Too many. But you probably hadn't slept in two days. She remembers all the names. That was good. She's like, oh yeah, he'll. That's yeah. uh, awesome. Yeah. No, wonderful. Well, I'll um, what I'll do, I'll end the podcast shortly in a minute. And I just want to say once again, massive thank you from my wife and I um, for hosting us. And you will definitely see us at one of those. And one of your events, whether it be the Ultra Easy again or another one of your your very interesting races. Sounds like sounds like you need to come and do Northburn. Yeah, well, I'm doing my first hundred miler in May here in South Australia, and right. it's, um, it's it's in the outback. It's the Hubert 100, and it's going to be the last year that it's probably going to get run. And so I, um, it's one that I've wanted to do for a very long time. Not overly mountainous, but you're running through um some really ancient countryside and run some, um, yeah, it's, uh, where it's a very sort of, um, historic, like Aboriginal Cultural. place. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of, um, there's like Aboriginal cave paintings that date back like 50,000 years and stuff. And so, um, yeah, it's very cool. So that's my, my next one. And I want to do pretty well at that. And after I've done, I think I've done like maybe eight or nine hundred K races now. And so I feel ready to step up to, to, and be a big boy and get and mm-hmm. do it. Do a do a miler, and so um and then once I I've got the distance down, I'll add in I'll throw in some real elevation, and so I'll come and I'll come and see you I'll come and see you about that. <laughs> You'll sort me out, no doubt. Yeah. Awesome. So hey, good talking to you. Likewise, mate. And um, all right. So we'll say farewell to our uh, friend Terry. Hey guys, just me again. Uh, just wanted to say thanks for listening. And if you've made it this far in the episode, you must be a dedicated listener. Just, I hope you enjoyed that chat with Terry Davis. Such an awesome guy and such an awesome event. And look, if you want to go over and experience the mountains and experience true trail running, I highly recommend you get it on, on one of our Terry's events. So you could do the ultra easy next year. And I know for a fact that the entries open up um, pretty soon for 2021. Or if you're um, feeling adventurous, you could sign up for the Northburn 100 of Terry's. Just go to northburn100.co.nz. A very tough race, but there's other distances. Or also you could do the Mount Difficulty Ascent, which is one that's definitely piqued my interest. And that one you can just go to um, Difficulty ascent.com and um, you'll find the information there and also if you're not into if you're on a race you can just go and experience the gold rush trails um, on the roger leslie running trail uh the one that terry was talking about that he organizes um there's that you could run the cavalcade and so you go to cavalcade.co.nz and you should be able to find it um information about the cavalcade sounds like an interesting experience and look, I'll be back there in New Zealand next year, if not before. 
and um, it's one of the best places on earth. So thanks again for listening. Really appreciate um, everyone who's stuck with me and has listened to this podcast since 2018 when I started and it's growing and it's evolving and 2020 is going to be an awesome year for the podcast. Lots and lots of uh, interesting guests coming up and I really hope that you guys can listen into that. And also, if you really are looking for a running coach, I am your guy. I love coaching. I, I use science as well as my personal touch and I try and share my enthusiasm for running and I love to meet new people. So feel free to send me a message on distancerunnersunlimited at gmail.com and I can be your coach. All right, until next week. Happy running.